This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Friday afternoon, the first day of March, March 1st. Can you believe it? We've made it this far into 2024. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. There appears to be a trickle-down effect from the massive popularity of Taylor Swift that's not only confined to Bing companies, we'll cover that in our next segment, but right now on this Entrepreneur Friday, an event in Chicago next month, we'll put a spotlight on women in in business. Let's get a preview of the 10th annual Celebrating Women Innovations uh, from Luke Tannen, President and CEO of Chicago Innovation. March is the beginning of uh, Women's History Month, and let's talk about women and entrepreneurs and jumping into that space. Uh, Luke, thank you for joining us today, and you're the CEO of Chicago Innovation. And what are some of the ways in which innovation can be used to shatter glass ceilings? Yes, well, Rob, thanks for having me on. You know, we uh, at Chicago Innovation, our vision statement is innovation is for everyone. So innovation and inclusion, they go hand in hand, and we're big supporters of amazing women innovators in the city. And so that's why every year we do an event called Celebrating Women in Innovation, which this year will be on Thursday, April 11th. We're doing it at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater in partnership with the Women's Business Development Center, the Chicago Network, and ARA. And we usually have around 400 people for this yearly celebration. And uh, come to this event, and you'll see uh, lots of women who are shattering lots of amazing uh, ceilings and doing great work in the city. What is the most important thing about getting a, a lot of leaders together in one particular space? Is it, the, is it the power of networking? Is it the value of ideas? Or is it both? That's a huge piece of it. Innovation is a direct result of collaboration and working with others to help make your ideas better and build your businesses and build relationships. The other big part of it, though, is, is learning. And that's why, for example, at this event, there'll be a panel discussion among the winners of this year's Celebrating Women in Innovation Awards. And these are innovative leaders in the Chicago region who actively empower women around them and champion diversity, equity, inclusion in the workplace. And there's so much everyone can learn from, from the five winners this year. And I'm, I'm just so excited about them. I want to say who they are. Uh, includes Christy Hefner, well-known businesswoman and civic leader in Chicago. Betsy Ziegler, the CEO of 1871. It's the number one ranked private incubator in the world. Christy Ross, the co-founder of U3 Coffee, who sold her last company, Tasty Trade, for $1 billion. So who wouldn't want to learn how to do that as well? And then another panelist is Colleen Egan, the CEO of the Illinois Science and Technology Coalition. And then rounding it out is Kimberly Moore, who's the president and founder of KDM Engineering, who's a great entrepreneur who started and runs one of the largest uh, black women-owned engineering firms. And then lastly, Luke, I mean, outside of the educational and network opportunities, I mean, it's just inspirational. When you go to something like this, uh, you, you walk out like really energized and inspired. Totally agree. And you know what? Um, inspiration comes from lots of places. One big thing we always talk about is the value of mentorship, which is besides uh, this event, we also run a mentoring program called the Women's Mentoring Co-op. And it started with 25 women 
Uh, but we just surpassed a thousand women this past January, and it's such an inspiring community. And it's for any woman who wants to achieve a, a professional goal through the support of a mentor, be inspired, grow their network, attend monthly events. And, you know, through this experience, we really focus on helping each woman gain what we consider the essential skills that really everyone needs across all careers, like leadership and communication and building your personal brand and, and advocating for your ideas. And as a result, all the mentees in the Women's Mentoring Co-op really, in essence, are, are innovating themselves, which is incredibly inspirational by becoming a, a new version of themselves at the end of, of this whole experience. And, and we've seen the impact in so many ways. Women have started new companies. They've raised their first rounds of funding. They've received their dream jobs and promotions and so much more. Luke Tannen, president and CEO of Chicago Innovation. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, small businesses work to cash in on the Taylor Swift phenomenon. The economic impact of Taylor Swift's massive Eras tour has been documented through national retail sales figures and spending bumps in the cities of concert venues. But there are also local efforts by America's small businesses to get in on the action. We welcome in Ginny Kidd, spokeswoman for Skateway Middletown in Middletown, Ohio. Ginny Thank you for joining us today. And uh, you are living proof of the power of Taylor Swift. Uh, you have a Taylor Swift night at the roller rink, and that really brings the people in. Hi. Yes, it did. It's, it's actually called a Swifty Skate. So we featured Taylor Swift music the whole two and a half hour session. We had a Taylor Swift lookalike contest. We had 50 kids who actually dressed up as Taylor Swift and competed for that. They won a microphone trophy. We had Swifty drinks. Uh, we sold Swifty merchandise. It was a great time. We were almost at capacity that night. Now, if you haven't been to a roller rink in a long time, I can tell you it's a lot of fun. I had my, my daughter's birthday party. It was at a roller rink uh, last year, and it was my first time on skates since the 90s. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, was, I was amazed at uh, how quickly it came back to me, and I think you'll be amazed at how quickly it comes back to you if you go back to a skating rink. Now, the question is, if, if you do a Swifty skate night, and you have a lot of Taylor Swift tie-ins, is there any concern mm -hmm. that you may uh, uh, arouse the wrath of the copyright police? I mean, what what is okay and what belongs to Taylor Swift? So I think that Taylor Swift's crew has already indicated that they have no problem. They're not worried about copyright infringement in terms of preventing, you know, a 13-year-old from having a skate party. They're more concerned with businesses making millions of dollars under the assumption of fans that Taylor Swift may be there or is behind the event, affiliated with the event. We don't make any representation that Taylor Swift is affiliated with the event we're throwing. And we also try to steer away from calling it Taylor Swift, but more a Swifty skate, Swifty being the name of her fan base. Right, so it's just a so, cel it's a celebration of fandom more than just an attempt to cash in. But as someone who's you know trying is in the is running a roller rink, uh, have you seen mm -hmm. anything like this in terms of a musical phenomenon recently that uh, generates an immediate passionate reaction like this? No, not not with a particular artist, not with a particular artist. We do other things to try to bring in a crowd. But our, our next biggest one, this was on President's Day. We do a toilet paper skate on Memorial Day, and that brings in a big crowd. But this surpassed that crowd by probably a margin of 25 to 30 percent. 
And not only is it bringing people into the roller rink, there are other businesses that are showing up uh, trying to make some money off of the people who show up for the Swifty Skate. I understand that food trucks are setting up in the parking lot. I mean, this is uh, uh, when the Taylor Swift train leaves the station, apparently everybody goes for a ride. Yeah, so it actually, the, the pizza truck that you're referencing, we sell Hunt's Brother Pizza at our skating rink anyway, but for this particular event, we sold more pizzas than we normally would and more than we could even house in our freezer at one time. So Hunt's Brother Pizza did bring their truck, but they weren't serving it out of the truck in terms of like a food truck. They were just making a delivery to us and keeping it on hand so we could get the pizzas out to the crowd you know, as they were ordered. But still, it's this is just a big deal, and it's a phenomenon. And the uh, and the Taylor Swift effect it's the it affects the NFL, it affects the Super Bowl, and it affects uh, Skateway Middletown. Absolutely. Jenny Kidd, spokeswoman for Skateway Middletown, home of the Swifty Skate in Middletown, Ohio. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, unseasonable February warmth has brought out the golfers. We'll preview the upcoming season. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Nice weather is allowing some golf courses in the area to get an early start on the season. Let's update what's going on in the golfing industry with John Schleyman, Director of Golf and PGA Golf Professional at Eagle Ridge Resort and Spa in Galena. John, thank you for joining us today. And you know how I know that uh, people are making a way out to the golf course uh, in this very nice uh, February, now March weather, is that uh, our former Morning anchor Pat Cassidy is apparently out on the links uh, wreaking havoc with uh, Mitch Michaels a couple of times already this season. So uh, the golf fanatics are are finding a way to uh, get to the course. And the question is, John, uh, is the course ready for them? Well, hello, Rob. Uh, It's good to be here. Nice to talk to you. Um, We are are ready as of today. So we did decide to open one of our 318s um, today. And our tea sheet's pretty busy tomorrow and Sunday. The weather's supposed to be a little better tomorrow and uh, Sunday. How many like year-round golf courses exist in the Chicago area? Because I do know there are some people, if it's 35 degrees and sunny, they want to go hit some balls somewhere. You know, the exact number of year-round is I'm not sure of, but there are a few. I mean, I know like St. Andrews and West Chicago will be open whenever, um, you know, and that's, you know, if, if there's a foot of snow on the ground, it's really not possible. But yeah, there's some diehards that try to play around the golf every month, 12 months a year. But if you are a seasonal golf course, uh, how long does it take to get the course out of mothballs and ready for, uh, for, for players in a new season? Well, for us, it didn't take very long. There's not a lot of grass growing. So we did run, um, walk, mow the greens um, and recut the cups. Um, and uh, we really aren't, haven't put T markers out. So we're at a reduced rate, but it's kind of fun. I mean, you know, March 1st, opening a golf course, I think in the Chicagoland and North, uh, Northern Illinois, I mean, geez, it might happen once every 20 years. I was going to say, what what kind of uh, math do golf course operators have to do to justify opening early if if it happens to be a warm February or a warm March? Uh, when when do you feel comfortable actually opening it up and 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 welcoming golfers back? Well, um, you know, you have to kind of wait for ground temperatures to come up to the fifty degree ish mark. 
Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of takes kind of the puffiness out of the grass uh, and out of the, the ground. Um, but, you know, the, the, you know, the private clubs are kind of dictated by their members and the public courses are kind of dictated by trying to drive some revenue. And, uh, you know, in our case, you know, we're trying to provide some activity for uh, our members as well as our resort guests. And then how has uh, how did COVID impact the golf industry? Because uh, four years ago, there was a great deal of controversy over you know, how long uh, should golf courses remain closed because of the business shutdown order, um, and it was an outdoor sport, and it was one of the very few things you could do. Did that bring a lot of people back into golf who may have uh, uh, set the game aside for a couple of years leading up to 2020? Well, there was kind of a good and bad to COVID in our industry. Um, I feel that, you know, 2020 was a challenge because really the golf courses in Illinois anyway weren't really allowed to open until I think it was around middle to the end of May. And and then some of them, you know, or actually a lot of them were walking only in May. And, um, you know, and then it kind of went to the point where you could be in a cart if you were with your, you know, a house member of your family, or you could, or you had to be in separate carts, which was challenging on a golf course to, you know, have one person per cart. Um, and you know, uh, the rate, there was some rate competition at that time. So that was challenging, uh, in the golf industry, but on the good side, it did, you know, I mean, people were looking for outdoor activity, the social distancing and, 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 and getting out and getting some exercise and, uh, getting out of the house and, um, so I, I think it did bring um, more players to the business. And I really saw that in 2023. Um, mostly, really, what I saw that was encouraging and fun to see was a lot of young couples that were coming out to Galena, staying at Eagle Ridge, you know, on a golf package or just um, out at Eagle Ridge doing, you know, the several things you can do in the Galena area and, and one of them being golf. And, you know, young couples, uh, husband, wives, uh, um, you know, partners, whatever, uh, you know, I'll play in the game. And, and there was an interest in learning, you know, so our, our golf lessons and, and teaching program um, was busy as well. John Schleyman, Director of Golf and PGA Golf Professional at Eagle Ridge in Galena. Thank you for joining us today. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Police release body cam video on the death of a man killed by police inside his suburban apartment. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issue new guidelines for COVID 19. It's Entrepreneur Friday. Noted Chicago businessman Billy Deck has opened a new restaurant in the Fulton Market neighborhood. We'll talk to him. And women can have a tougher time than men in building a reserve fund. We'll look at ways to accomplish that goal. WBBM business markets are higher. The Dow is up 75 points. The Nasdaq is up 167. The S&P 500 is up 34. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, the family of a suburban man killed by police in Carroll Stream is commenting on the release of officer body cam footage of the incident. Relatives of Isaac Goodloe III say the videos released today show the 30-year-old was unarmed and contend police took a military style approach by immediately shooting and killing him. They filed a wrongful death lawsuit. The police department says it's committed to transparency and cooperating with an independent investigation. People who test positive for COVID-19 no longer have to isolate from others for at least five days. That's according to new guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued today. That puts COVID in line with advice for other kinds of respiratory infections, including flu and RSV. People who have any of the three should stay home until they've been fever-free without medication for at least 24 hours and their symptoms are improving. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in positive territory. We're joined by Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist, B. Riley Financial in New York. Art, thank you for joining us today. And uh, this market is basically undeterred. Uh, it wants to keep driving forward and going up. Yeah, it sure does. You know, it's interesting. It seems like we have an event of the week. Last week was NVIDIA's earnings report on Thursday. Lo and behold, this week was our personal consumption expenditure or PCE report on Thursday. And both of those came and went without causing too much disruption in terms of investor sentiment. So I think that's a positive. I think the, the other thing that's been happening very quietly behind the scenes is that uh, other sectors are certainly joining the technology sector in this current rally, meaning it's not all about the Magnificent Seven. We've certainly seen the financials p- uh, pick up pace here. Industrials are doing better. Energy may catch a bid. And, and, I, and I certainly think as we broaden out and look at the new high list getting uh, longer and longer every day, that's a good sign for the health of this market. And I think the investors have gotten themselves to a healthy place where it's not all about Fed rate cuts, which will likely happen sometime this year. It's all about the fact that the economic data continues to be better than expected and the earnings reporting season was much better than anticipated. They always say that uh, markets are forward-looking. And uh, how far down the road are markets looking right now, especially when it comes to productivity gains from technological advancements like we're seeing with AI? Yeah, I certainly think part of this enthusiasm over AI is obviously the revenue opportunity. But in, in, in a larger sense, to your point, Rob, is that uh, how much is that going to increase productivity? And if you harken back to the days of the Internet and, and sort of starting in 94, 95, but proceeding with a productivity revolution over the course of the next 10 years, 
I think that same kind of thinking uh, goes along with artificial intelligence and how that may make all of us, not just uh, consumers, but corporations more productive in the way we accomplish things, which, in fact, would tamp down inflation and certainly increase profit margins and, and, and productivity is certainly a, a big driver of GDP growth. So to me, I think all of that you know, together with a view that it probably doesn't take a decade for AI to really increase productivity is probably a really important piece. One other thing that seems to be uh, uh, helping the equity side of the equation is that the bond market has been relatively quiet uh, as of late. I mean, the 10-year yield is about uh, 4.2% right now. We've come a a long way from uh, rates topping 5%. I know we peaked out at 5%, got as low as three and three quarters, and we've been in a four to 4.3 range for months now, which is a good thing. I think that it's not necessarily the ultimate level. It's, it's, it's really the ultimate volatility and having a lot less volatility around things like Fed speakers and pieces of economic data really talks to that shift that the, that the Fed made back in, uh, in December when they pivoted to not hiking anymore. So in, now we're at a place where we can just look at economic data for what it's worth and not necessarily have to add 20 or 30 basis points onto the yield of the tenure every time we, we hear a new piece of information. I think that helps. It certainly helps uh, equity markets be more risk on in terms of uh, their attractiveness versus the surging uh, treasury yields that uh, that promoted that risk-off attitude back when that was happening in October. Now, the PCE number that came out yesterday showed that uh, inflation on a year-over-year basis was in the 2% range. It was not quite at 2%. But uh, when when you have the Atlanta, G- the Atlanta Fed saying that uh, GDP is right now in the 3% range, uh, is it possible to have 3% growth and 2% inflation? It is, yes. Oddly enough, we've certainly had that before. Um, and I will tell you, when you look back at the the uh, times that have happened, oddly enough, we're back in the 90s again here. But when you, you, you certainly have a, uh, a path towards inflation that gets closer to that 2% symmetric target. Remember, that target is symmetric, meaning the Fed never really gets there. The Fed spent too much time below that target, and, and certainly we've spent a period of time above that target. But we're heading in that direction. And that's agnostic to the fact that if you look at the – the, the back half of uh, 2023, we had GDP growth rates uh, closer to 3.3%, right, on average. And, and clearly, we're, we're running above mean growth in the first quarter of this year. I think that's, that's a positive, but it doesn't, uh, doesn't come at a place that's mutually exclusive for inflation to continue its path back down to a place that would be close enough for the Fed to think about cutting rates. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist, B. Riley Financial in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, a famous Chicago restaurateur expands his reach. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're checking in with restaurateur, club owner, actor, and all about man about town, Billy Deck, founder and CEO of Sunda New Asian, with two locations in Chicago, River North and now Fulton Market. Billy, thank you for joining us today. And on this segment, Billy, we have uh, entrepreneurs from all walks of life, the serial entrepreneurs, to people who really poured their heart and soul into a, into a business and really learned a lot about themselves along the way. You've had so many irons in the fire. What's it like yeah. for you when, when opening night approaches for a new restaurant, even though you've been there before? Well, thankfully, at this point in my life, it wasn't always the same as for many young entrepreneurs. Uh, I, when you start out, it's a little bit rough because you don't have all the right people in all the right places. Thankfully, these days, we have such amazing uh, leaders and longtime family members from Sunda that have been with us for over a decade. And we've 
really grown, especially after opening in Nashville and Tampa. It's so awesome to be home and opening our second location with a great veteran crew. But, you know, the butterflies are still there. I mean, you're, you know, you're, it's like you're giving birth to a new baby. It's, you're, you just don't know what, what, what's going to happen and you're just excited and it, it's just full of mayhem and craze and joy and ups and downs. And it's, it's, uh, it's a ride, but I guess that's what drives entrepreneurs, you know, that kind of excitement. What is the difference between River North and Fulton Market? I mean, obviously, outside of the geography, yeah. but uh, uh, how do you how do you approach how do you tailor the business yeah. plan to the neighborhood? Well, the exciting thing about Chicago is there's just so many diverse neighborhoods, and there's so many things that build these characteristics and personalities. The DNA is so different in each, even though. Uh, they may look close on a map. The, the city is just so robust that there are a lot of things that you can dial into when looking for different target markets. And Fulton Market is definitely different than River North. You're starting to see a lot of brands pop up in both. And you could tell the differences and the types of uh, already uh, hotel brands and other companies that are in the area, different restaurants. Um, it, it really, the residents are a little bit different. You know, a lot of people want to be closer and dialed in and integrated right into downtown in River North. You know, some people like to come visit and get a little bit off the beaten track and may want to come to the meatpacking district. You know, it's, it's all it's always different. A lot of thought went into that. A lot of our target market over the years has grown in different ways. So we have a lot of uh, mainstream folks coming in, uh, tourists coming in that really uh, – just packed River North. And then we saw a lot of our demo from the early River North days begin to migrate towards Fulton Market. And so it made a lot of sense to make sure that we were expanding where folks were also uh, expanding to as well. Now, Sunda basically is is an exploration of the entire continent, all of the, yeah. the, the culinary uh, cultures uh, from Japan to China to Vietnam yeah. to Thailand. It's it's the enti- an entire continent's worth of, of flavors under one yeah. roof. And, and how do you bring all of these disparate uh, cultures and flavors together? Yeah. Well, you know, I was born and raised in an Asian-American family. My mom's from the islands of the Philippines, grew up right here in Chicago. And going back and forth to the islands of the Philippines – my entire life to visit family required us to stop in, you know, Tokyo and Beijing and Hong Kong or South Korea to get there. And once you're in these other cities, you begin to pop around to Thailand and Vietnam. So for my whole life, we've always been immersed in Southeast Asia and Chicago. And what we're doing here is we're just bringing them, you know, up a little, amping up the quality of ingredients, the cooking styles, the presentations. And um, the, the kind of interesting thing about that, it was hard to do at first because they are very different and unique. But once we did it, as an entrepreneur, I'm, st- I'm now learning it's very hard to knock off. It's very hard to copy the concept because it just really, it's really tough to figure out the right menu mix, the right back of the house systems, the right types of talent to actually figure out how to balance all of these unique cultures and cooking styles and ingredients into one business model that actually makes sense from a bottom line perspective as well. So it's been really um, eye-opening, a tough journey, especially in the beginning, but now we're really um, enjoying you know, sort of this expertise that we've built in this really unique space. And, and what's it like now? Not only you have this uh, concept exported to Nashville and to Florida, but you also have a lot of uh, celebrity fans, Barbara Streisand, Lady Gaga, Michelle Obama. <laughs> I, I know every guest is important when you sit down, yeah. but um, what, what's it like when you have a former first lady in the establishment? 
<laughs> well, that, that was interesting because she, she, she came with dozens of Secret Service as well. So, um, you know, one of the ways growing up in the middle of Chicago in the heart of, you know, Midwest hospitality has really taught me so much that I didn't realize was special until I moved on to other cities and brought this Chicago-based concept to other cities. We treat everyone with the most amount of care and love. And I think celebrities enjoy that. I think they like being treated like people do. And we have built relationships. Chicago is a relationship-building city. It's a very important piece for all entrepreneurs to get out there, making sure people know, like, and trust you, and you're just out there um, networking and building those relationships. And you know what? Chicago has so many young celebrities, a lot of these folks, whether it was you know actors or athletes or even the first lady, came from Chicago and remembered those really good, you know, service standards and relationship building moments. But it is it is really cool. Um, and, you know, I think uh, some are now investors and, and and it's awesome to be growing with with all of them. Billy Deck, founder and CEO of Sunda New Asian, two locations in Chicago, River North and now Fulton Market. Thank you for joining us today. Still to come, building a cash reserve to reduce financial stress. It's- this is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It can be a difficult task to build a cash reserve to take the edge off of financial worries, and that can be especially tough for women. Let's get some help from Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, thank you for joining us today. And there are lots of discussions about the number of Americans who can cover um, an emergency that would cost several hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars. And that number is typically lower uh, than you think or lower than it should be. So how can one begin to build up a, 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 a cash cushion in case of a problem? I think the way we build up that cash cushion is we just say no more. I mean, Rob, we just say we're no longer going to wake up with a financial hangover because the truth is we control the outcome. It's us against us. And that first step is what you and I talk about all the time on the new business hour. We have to create a budget and start telling our money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Well, this is uh, the time of year in which a lot of people get uh, income tax refunds. And if you don't have that uh, emergency fund or that savings cushion, is that a good, uh, good way to start? I love how you always link the timely topics together, Rob. So that's right. So whether it's your tax refund, whether it's a bonus you received at work, whether it's money you're savings, I encourage everybody right now to get that money set aside, not in your checking account, not in the savings or money market at the bank where your checking account is. I want everyone to create a new account. I want everyone to create a high yield savings account at an online institution because it's a little bit out of sight, out of mind. And those high yield savings accounts oftentimes have low to no minimum balances. And when they pay 5% interest, that's a great way to start compounding some interest on that emergency savings. Right. This is a time, I mean, you know, the, the, the interest rates that uh, we're dealing with are, 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 are higher than we've experienced in a very long time, and they can bite. But at the same time, it can also work for you in that high-yield savings account uh, situation. 
That's absolutely correct. I encourage everybody to start telling our money where to go. That's a budget. I want everybody who has a W-2 to get at least three months of safe money inside of an emergency fund. If you're self-employed or you're the sole income earner, you got to work towards six, and it all is one step one punch, one round at a time, as Rocky Balboa would say, Mr. Hart, we can get this done together. Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness in Downers Grove. Thank you for joining us today. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.